We just want to say happy Father's Day to all of the dads that are there. I don't think dads always get enough credit, uh, the credit that they deserve. And, and I know, I know none of us as dads are perfect, but to all of the dads that are out there that are, are trying their best, we just want to celebrate you today and, and this weekend. Here's your gift uh, from us. It's a Another day in quarantine with the crumb crunchers that suck the very marrow from your bones while you watch the Golf Channel. So you go ahead and enjoy that. And uh, they say children are, are a gift from God. The problem is, is that you can't return them or, or even get store credit for them. But, but seriously, being a dad is, is really one of the greatest privileges and, and greatest responsibilities that as men we get to to be a part of while we're here on earth. And so we need to take it seriously. We need to love well. We need to lead well. And, and when you think about just how broken our world is right now, it, it now even more than ever is that we need to lead well. We need to uh, be the change through our families. And so to all of those dads out there, I just want to say thank you and, uh, and keep it up. Now we're in week four of our series called Lessons from Quarantine. And in this series, we're taking topics that are being talked about across our nation, uh, things that we're hearing and conversations that we're having with you, things that we're learning and experiencing ourselves, and we're asking the question, what lessons can we learn to help us move forward? Now, uh, this really has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to share this. This is my favorite meme from quarantine so far, and uh, I just love this. It says this, me looking outside to see what chapter of Revelation we're doing today. And it just feels very appropriate for where we are. I, I heard that the 17-year cicadas are coming out this summer, so there's a plague of locusts coming any day, and it just feels like, like the book of Revelation in many ways. And so, uh, so with that, let's just take a second. We played a game last week called Quarantine Bingo. I wanted to play another round of that today on our system. Just give yourself a point if you've experienced any of these during the last uh, 13 weeks of quarantine. Here's the first one. If you cried without knowing why, <laughs> just, just tears, right? You just started crying. Give yourself a point for that. Here's another one. If you took a, a few days off from brushing your teeth, you go ahead and, uh, and give yourself a point for that one. If you called your family more during quarantine, give yourself a, a point. If you immediately regretted calling your family more during quarantine, give yourself a, a point for that one as well. Here's another one. If, if you, before online church, if you waited in line for 15 minutes for a volunteer bagel just to discover that there weren't any, uh, you give yourself a, a point for that. I'm pretty sure I just heard somebody yell bingo. Uh, someone experienced all of those over these last few weeks. See, one of the things that quarantine has exposed in my life, and I think this is true for, for pretty much all of us, is, is the pace of our lives. John Mark Comer, in, in his excellent book, I, I highly recommend it, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. There's a chapter in there where he unpacks the history of hurry, and, and he takes it back to start with the sundial. And the guy that created the sundial, people immediately, guess what they did? They, they complained about it. They said, we liked it better when it was just one whole day, when we followed the rhythms of the earth. We woke up when the sun came up, and we went to bed when the sun went down. Most historians point to 1370 as the turning point in the, in the West's relationship with time. See, that's when they, the very first clock tower, a public clock tower was unveiled in Germany. And artificial time took over. And as a result, we became more efficient, but we also became more tired. And then in 1879, Edison invented the light bulb. 
and, and the ability for us to get up before the sun rises in the morning and to stay up after the sun goes down at night. You see, before Edison, people slept on average for 11 hours a night. Can you imagine how incredible that would be, 11 hours? In America, we now average seven hours of sleep a night. But it's even more than that. Right, labor-saving technology has really changed the pace that we, we live at. 2007 was a pivotal year in that it was the release of the iPhone, and everything in our personal lives changed again. See, labor-saving devices, they, they've cut down the, the time it takes for us to do things. The problem is, is that we've filled that extra time now with more things in our lives, and it's actually left most of us in a place where we feel like we have less time than we even had before. You think about it, it's really only been a generation or two since we've added some new words to our vocabulary as well. Words like workaholic and burnout. And I don't think it's that we're working harder than previous generations. Physically, we're absolutely not. It's just that we figured out new ways to keep things going all the time. A couple of years ago, the average work week went from 40 hours a week to 47 hours a week. You think about that, that's an extra day of work a week that most of us are experiencing. For many of us, it doesn't even stop there, right? We, we just can't turn things off. And, and maybe you get emails at, at 9 p.m. And, and if you're like me, right, you, you raise your hand to say, yeah, I, I'm just going to check that email. I just want to make sure that nothing's burning down around me, right? I should, and, and now that I've read the email, I probably should just send a quick response. A couple of weeks ago, we were at the, at the beach with friends, and I was on my phone, and Laura turned to me, and she said, are you working? And I was actually replying to an email and I, I just kind of played it off. I was like, I'm sorry, what, what did you say? And she said, are you working? And I hit send and said, nope, not anymore. <laughs> See, that time isn't even counted in those 47 hours. We've allowed busy to become part of our identity. And I have to raise my hand to say that I, I am absolutely part of the problem. See, less sleep and a faster pace in life has led to this, this thing that's increased called stress. I was going to give you some stats on stress, but to be honest, the more I looked at the stats, the more, the more stressed I got. And, and really, as I thought about it, I'm like, I don't think I need to prove this to, to anyone. I do want to share one stat with you, though, that really should be on all of our radar. It's the group that has seen the highest growth in stress most recently, and it's, it's in the age range of 8 to 14. See, doctors have come to the realization that stress is, is contagious. And so as adults, when we feel stress, when, when we carry stress, it, it doesn't just impact us, but we actually project that down to our kids. And our kids are carrying around stresses that one, they aren't equipped to handle, and two, they don't know how to resolve. Now, maybe for you, quarantine has actually forced you to slow down. Maybe not traveling back and forth to work has bought you some extra, extra time in your week. Maybe online meetings have been shorter than the, the old physical meetings that you had, and that bought a little bit more time. For some of you, I know I've talked to people that have taken paid leave over the last few months, and so you've had significant amounts of time in your week. Some of you have been forced to leave your job. And as difficult as that is, you now have more days in your week or more time in your day and, and more days in your week where you have downtime. And the pace is just slowed down. If we're honest, right, I think those of us that have experienced that, it feels good, doesn't it? But there's another emotion that kind of parallels right alongside of that, and it's this, it's this feeling of guilt. And, and it's sadly, for most of us, we feel uncomfortable living in this, this slower pace. Now, for many of us, it's, it's actually the complete opposite. 
Screen fatigue has become a thing where we're staring into screens so long as actually causing physical effects to us. Longer days because we just don't know how to turn things off when I'm sitting at my computer at the kitchen table. It's kind of like being in Vegas, right? You just don't know what time it is or even what day it is anymore. For some of you, you're getting up to get the kids ready and, and then you're taking on uh, your work right after you teach them. You're putting in 40 plus hours. For some of us, we've had to learn new technologies in addition to your, your normal workload or your job description has absolutely changed and you're at the same company, but now you're doing something radically different than you were just a few months ago. And the result is that you're, you're tired, right? You're worn out. We're in this place now where we're just exhausted. You didn't go anywhere and yet we're more tired now than we were before quarantine. See, maybe you've texted somebody and and they can't even reply to you, right? You text and you say, how are you doing? And, and you, get, you get that. And I don't, I don't think I've ever used that emoji. It just looks painful, right? That's the state that they're in. Or, or maybe they've texted this back to you is, is that I need whatever this is that's happening. Or maybe at 2 p.m., right, you're getting this emoji from friends just saying, I, I'm just so tired. This last one doesn't get used very much. And, and if you ever get this emoji from a friend, you need to pray for them immediately. If, if you get the clown emoji, right? Like they've lost it. They're off the deep end. You need to drop everything and, and go find your friend. See, we're tired because, because we really don't know how to rest. If you're thinking, if I could just get a little bit more rest today, right? Maybe have a, a Father's Day nap while golf is on. Like that, that's all I need. Or for some of you, if it's I could just get a break from getting the kids up in the morning and, and getting them going and then, and then teaching them and then going to my job in the afternoons and, and evenings and working online just to stop every 20 minutes to make snacks, to clean up the tornado of the day just so I can start over again tomorrow. Some of you, maybe you would say, it's not physical for me. It's just that I feel pressured. I feel like I'm being pulled this way and, and pushed that way. The Bible has a word for that and it calls it weary. See, what if we learned? What if we learned how to live at a, a slower pace in this new normal? For those of us that have experienced a, a slower pace, what if, we could, what if we could continue to bring this into the rest of our lives? Or for those of us that haven't, what if we could learn how to rest in the, in the new, in the changing, in the unknown? So Jesus has something to say to us. In fact, we're going to look at three verses today that I think have the power to change your entire life. And so if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Uh, we also have some notes in the app, and so you can follow along there with us. Now, wherever you are, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for a minute, unless you're driving while you're listening to this. You don't do that. But for the rest of you, I want you to close your eyes. Because even in these next few minutes, this, this may be the only break that you get today. And I want you to take a deep breath, and I just want you to listen to the words of Jesus. Matthew 11, beginning at verse 28, says this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You can go ahead and open your eyes. See, what I love about these three verses is that Jesus said, you know what, it's okay to get some rest. And for some of you, you can stop listening right now. Please don't, but, but that's exactly what you needed to hear today. 
Last weekend, I was hanging out with some old friends. Our boys played baseball together, and, uh, and we got together, and we're just hanging out, and we were talking about a retirement and just the pace of life, and, and one of my friends made this statement. He said, I've never had a flu shot. The thought of getting a couple days off in bed just sounded amazing. And I know he was joking, sort of. Right? Have we ever gotten to that place where you just feel like getting sick is the only way that I'm going to get rest? Right? Is that the answer to our weariness, to, to being tired, to the pressures that we face on a daily basis? So Jesus says, no, there's, there's actually a different solution. There's a, a much better solution. As Americans, we spend more money on recreation every year than we do on education, construction of new homes, and, and even national defense. The problem is, is that we often come back after, after those forms of recreation more tired than we were before we went because the boat needs to be cleaned and then put back into storage or the, the beach home or the mountain home needs to be cleaned before the next guest comes and uses it or, or the bikes need to be maintained before our next ride. If you've ever been glad when a vacation is over, I just want you to know that, that you're not alone. Four years ago, Laura and I had a chance um, because of, of Mike and Laura's incredible generosity to, to go to Hawaii and to stay with them for our 20th anniversary. And I mean, it was absolutely incredible. The weather was perfect. We laid out by the pool every single day. We paddle boarded in the ocean. We had amazing dinners at night. But I think we were just starting to relax when it was time for us to go home. And so we milked every minute we could out of that last day before heading to the airport and traveling five hours to L.A. before getting onto a different plane and another five or five and a half hours back home with, with six-hour time change in between. And all of that was on a, a Sunday. And the next morning we got up and, and we both went back to work. And the rest that we had started to feel over those few days was, was gone in a moment. See, we need to learn how to get real rest in the areas of our lives where, where it's missing. And so I want to unpack these words of Jesus. I want to wrestle through some questions today. And then I want to give you four words that I think together, these can, these can help build some regular rest back in your life. Here's the first phrase. Jesus said, come to me. Have you ever heard anyone say, say this statement? I don't know if I'm coming or going, right? Just, the statement alone is tiring. And often we think that we have to go to get rest. I have to go to the mountains, or we have to go to the beach, or, or to our lake house. Right? We have to go on a cruise. We have to go to Disney. Which, by the way, that, that word in Greek, it literally means long lines and no rest. <laughs> and so it doesn't happen. And so we plan these ultimate family vacations. But so many times we're more exhausted after. And it's because we fall, we fall for the three traps. Here's the first one is that we wait too long. You either have to put in overtime to accumulate enough hours or, or just work so hard to, to get enough vacation days that, that we're so exhausted by the time we get there that we, we, it, we really can't enjoy ourselves. It, by the time we start to relax, we're back on a plane and we're heading home. Or maybe it's this one, this trap, we do and we spend too much. See, we feel like the need to make the most of every experience. And so we pack the trip full of every adventure possible, but we're so tired when we get there that those activities just make us bitter. And then we have to come back and, and get a side hustle, right, just to pay off the credit card from it. Here's the third trap, is that we expect too much. Several years ago for Laura's birthday, I, I bought her a trip to New York City. We had never been before, and, and so we went, and here was my plan. My plan was that we would have some lazy mornings, right, I and mean, we'd go for walks in Central Park. We'd have long dinners, and we'd really just kind of hang out and, and just enjoy each other. 
The problem is, is I didn't share my plan with Laura. And so she had her own plan, which was see everything. And so we went to every museum. We did tours of everything. We went to stores and statues and shopping and, and to Broadway. And I'm pretty sure I wore out my favorite pair of vans in those three days, just walking everywhere in New York City. And we were both frustrated with the pace. I was frustrated that Laura wanted to keep going and not just slow down. And she was frustrated that I was going so slow that I couldn't keep up with her. And it led to us not talking and, and just being disappointed in each other and in the trip. Now, I'm not, I'm not anti-vacation, anti right? In fact, I think vacations can be a great thing for your family. Now, it's important to know that once you have kids, you don't ever go on a vacation anymore. It's just a trip. It's a, a very expensive trip. But the problem is a vacation, it just can't give you the rest for your soul that you're missing. The rest that can only come from Jesus. Look at verse 28 again. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Does that describe you? I mean, weary, right? That you're literally exhausted from working so hard, burdened by the, the relationship burdens that you're carrying. Or maybe you're burdened by school or, or work burdens. Maybe it's the financial burdens that you have. Maybe it's emotional or health burdens. Maybe it's the quarantine, none of my clothes fit burden that you're carrying, whatever that may be. Jesus is saying this, going after things will not lead to rest. It's only when you choose to come to me. Let me ask you this question. What if you could just get to the place where you could spend a few minutes every single day with Jesus? I mean, just a few minutes, right, to start the day, but you do it on a regular, consistent basis. Or, or what about this? What if you were able to carve out a couple hours on the weekend just so you could sit in Jesus' presence? I know some of you, that statement alone stressed you out, right? It just made you more tired. You're like, Donnie, I have so many things to do. I, I, I can't set aside a couple of hours. Have you ever met my kids, right? Have you seen my dog? Have you met my husband, right? That's just not possible. I get it. But here's the truth. Rest is not going to come into your life because you checked off all of the boxes on your to-do list. Rest will only come into your life when you choose to be intentional and when you choose to come to Jesus. Look at the middle of verse 28. He said this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. See, Jesus' inv invitation is to every single one of us. It doesn't matter what your job is. It doesn't matter what your family dynamics are or how many zeros you have in your bank account. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you feel stressed, if you feel tired, if you're exhausted, then the answer is that you come to Jesus. And nothing else will work. I know shopping feels good in the moment, right? And, and until your quarantine clothes don't fit anymore. Or those big ticket purchases are incredibly exciting until, until a newer version comes out. Oxygen facials and, and treadmill desks, right? I'm sure they're incredibly beneficial things, but nothing outside of Jesus lasts. So you can keep trying it your way. Problem is, is that you're just going to continue to be disappointed and, and you're going to continue to be stressed trying to pay off your credit card. Here's the second statement Jesus said. He said, I will give you rest. Let me ask you this question. Are you trying to earn your rest See, our culture has this misunderstanding, I think, that we have to earn our rest, right? That, that I have to earn some time off. I earned this vacation. I deserve a weekend away. And I blame McDonald's. I think it was like 1982 when they came out with the slogan that you deserve a break today. And it put it in our heads that we do deserve a break. Look at the rest of Matthew 11:28. 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
See, Jesus says that rest is actually something that he gives to us. It's actually a gift that's offered to us by our, our Father. You don't earn rest. Rest is a gift given to you by God. Psalm 127 verse 2 says this, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, and you can substitute whatever you want in, in that part. For God gives rest to his loved ones. See, the word leisure, it's, it comes from a Latin word, the, the Latin word lyceri, and, and it literally means to be permitted. And what Jesus is saying here is that I am giving you permission to rest. It's my gift to you. In our last series, uh, Mike did an incredible job walking us through the Ten Commandments. And, and the fourth commandment is, is to honor the Sabbath. And I would encourage you if, you, if you've already forgotten it or if you didn't listen to it, to go back online and to listen to that message especially. But, but here was the concept of it is that it's a day every week where we stop, where we stop the busyness, where we stop the work, and where we sit down and we rest and we enjoy God. Because after six days of creating everything, the Bible tells us that God rested. And Mike asked us this question, if God refreshes himself, then why don't you? See, if God rested, how much more do we need to rest? Here's Jesus' third statement. He said this, he said, take my yoke. Have you ever said this? If I just had a little more time, right? Just a little bit more time. But, but let's be honest, if, if you did have a little bit more time, what would you do with it? There's a story in the Bible where God actually stopped the sun in the sky and extended a day for a purpose, right? What would you do if God gave you just a little bit more time in the day? I'd love to learn how to play guitar. The problem is, is I, I don't have one, so I'd have to research it and then drive to, to a store to go buy one, right? That would take a, a big chunk of that time. I'd love to take a cooking class, mostly because I love to eat um, the assignments afterwards. I would have done much better in school if, if all assignments were, were edible. Maybe join CrossFit, right? I, I could use some abs, and, and then I would need a boat to show off my new abs. Maybe finish Madam Secretary. I, I remember I liked the show. I think I stopped somewhere in like season four or five. And, um, but just thinking about all of those things, right? God would have to stop the sun for about a week and a half for me to do all of that. See, I've used up all of my bonus hours and, and the reality is I'm right back in the same situation I was before. Look at what Jesus said, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Now, yoke had a few different meanings when Jesus shared this, but probably the main one that he was referring to was, was a farming practice, right? It's, it's a wooden cross piece that was fastened over the necks of two animals and then attached to a, a cart or a plow for them to pull. And so it joined these two animals together so they would share in the work, they would, they would share, uh, they'd be more productive together. And sometimes what they would do is they would take an older, a, a more experienced, or a stronger animal, and they would, they would attach it to a, a younger, maybe weaker animal. And the reason they would do that is to take the older, the, the more experienced, the stronger animal, they would allow it to carry a little bit more of the burden and, and really guide and teach the younger animal as they worked together. See, here's what Jesus is saying to us. He says, I want you to take my yoke upon you. He's inviting us to, to partner with him to share in his mission, but he's also saying, I want to take, take the burdens off of you. Let me share in the load of carrying those. So let me ask you this question. Are you trying too hard? Look at Matthew 11, verse 30. Jesus said this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus isn't saying that life is easy. 
Right? We know that, that there is a yoke that we have to carry in life, that life is hard, that life is it's exhausting at times. But when we're connected to Jesus, Jesus says, you know what, I'll, I'll do most of the heavy lifting. I've already carried the most important things in, in your life. I will carry the other burdens as well. And so this word easy here, what it really means is it, it, it's referring to the fit of the yoke. That God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And when we stay connected to Jesus, that that yoke fits us perfectly. It allows you to work when it's time to work, and it allows you to rest when it's time to rest. And here's the key, not feel guilty about it. See, when you're connected to Jesus, you are connected to an, an unlimited power source. So here's my challenge. Take up Jesus' yoke. See, maybe today you decide, I'm going to stop trying to do it my way. I'm going to stop doing it in my limited power. Here's the last phrase that Jesus said. He said, learn from me. We just recently, in the end of last year, we moved into a new house. And uh, uh, this has become uh, my new best friend, right? This level. And as we moved in, I had to hang, uh, I got to hang TVs and pictures and art and mirrors and all kinds of things. And, and quarantine has actually led to, uh, to more projects around the house over the last couple of months. But the bubble in this, right, the, we know the bubble is, is the sweet spot. And when you're, when you're aligning something, when you're building something, when you're making sure that it's level, you want to make sure that, that bubble is right there in the middle between those lines. See, you, when it's slightly off, when you're up close, when you're just kind of eyeballing it and you're like, that ah, looks pretty good, you can't tell just by looking. The problem is, is that when you step away and the farther away you go, the more you begin to realize that, yeah, it was off just a little up there, but it's way off from back here. This level provides balance when you're building something. See, balance matters. And it leads to this question, how do I find balance in my life? I want to read to you this, these few verses again, but I want to read to you from, uh, from the message. And, and, and here's what it says. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Here's what Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. This is how we learn from Jesus. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, here's the bottom line. An easy life isn't an option, but an easy yoke is. So let me give you four practices real quick to help you to help you develop and discover rest in your, in your life on a regular basis. Here's the first, it's, it's routines. It's setting routines in our lives. See, for most of us, quarantine has kind of thrown out everything that was normal. And for some of us, some of the things that have been thrown out, it's actually healthy that they're gone from our lives. But there's a lot of things that, that are frustrating because they're gone. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Consider this your new normal. And I get, I get that it's probably going to change again in, in a week or two. That's okay. Make that adjustment and, and, and start over again. But right now, for today, just start here and begin to set some routines, some things that you can do over and over and over again that just becomes the way that I live my life. And every time you do your routine, what it does is it actually builds confidence and it resets your, your daily balance. I would encourage you to set regular morning routines how you get up, when you get up, what you do when you get up, uh, work or school routines, uh, family routines, meal routines, exercise routines, even sleep routines. Set some routines today and take control of the things that you can control. Here's the second, it's, 
It's encouragement. See, I've never heard anyone ever say, Donnie, would you, would you please stop encouraging me, right? Like too much, too much encouragement. In fact, I love this quote. It's this, uh, I read this week. It said, people never forget how you made them feel. So we're surrounded by so much pain. There's so much hurt. There, there's so many hurtful words that are being shared on, on social media, in the news, like everywhere you turn. There is so much healing power in encouragement. See, encouraging others, it breathes life, it breathes joy, not only into them and, and into their life, but it breathes it back into our lives as well. See, here's a simple way that you can do it this week. I, I want you to take this challenge. Encourage five people every single day. And here's the, the simplest way to do it. Take five coins, right? Five pennies, put them in your, in your left pocket. And every time you encourage someone, every time you see someone, you notice something and, and you share, you tell them about it, you encourage them, take one of those coins and just move it over to your right pocket. And by the end of the day, you should have moved all of the, the coins from your left pocket to your right pocket. If you see something, appreciate it, ad admire it, mention it to them, and, and start to live a life of encouragement. Third one is this, it's silence and, and solitude. See, quarantine has taught us that isolation is stressful and it's dangerous for our souls. And the noise, the noise of our culture, it distracts us from hearing what it is that God wants to say to us. The solution is this, it's silence and, and solitude. To find rest, we need to carve out time on a regular basis. Just start with 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes in, in the morning sometime or, or in the afternoon or, or even at night to get away intentionally with God in silence. And, and maybe you ask, okay, what do, what do I do with that? Well, here's what you do. You read his word. Just spend 10 minutes reading his word in that silence. And I promise you, God will speak back to you. And maybe it's just you spend that 10 minutes in prayer. And you're just talking to your father in, in that intimate relationship. Or, or maybe it's just listening to him. Where you ask God for help in areas where you're hurting. Maybe it's in a relationship or, or with your finances or, or with your health. Maybe it's just a fear that you need to say, God, here's this. I'm, I'm putting it in front of you. And now I'm just going to sit and I'm going to listen to you. See, when, the question is, when can you carve out some time this week so that God can begin to breathe rest back into your soul? Last one is this. It's It's time. See, we live, in this, we live in this thing right now called a time famine. And, and here's, here's what this condition is. It's, it's being overwhelmed by the lack of time to get everything accomplished. Literally, there's just not enough time. And so here's two questions that I want you to ask yourself this week. The first one is this, is what do I need to say yes to? What are the most important things that you need to take care of every single day in relationship to God, in your relationship with your family, right? In relationship with friends and work to feed your soul. What are those things? List them in order. And then I want you to ask yourself the second question, which is what do you need to say no to? See, to do the most important things, we need to say no to other things in our lives. The healthiest life is a life that's lived in, in balance. When we're just off, when, when the bubble's just, just not quite centered, right? When we're up close, when we're in that moment, it's hardly noticeable. But when we step back over time, we begin to realize that, that our life is, is way out of balance. Here's what I want for you. And here's what I really believe that Jesus wants for you today too. One of the things that God is trying to teach us in this pandemic is that we just aren't healthy. That our pace, that, that our hurry, that our stress, it, it's, actually, it's actually hurting our lives. It, it's, it's killing us. And it's robbing us of the joy that God wants us to experience from everything that he gave us here in this earth. But he has a solution. 
And the solution is rest for our souls. See, it can't be bought. This isn't something that you can earn, and it's free for, for everyone. But you have to come to Jesus. You have to partner with him. You have to learn from him so that you can begin to follow his way, so you can adapt Jesus' lifestyle as yours. It's not the secret to an easy life. That's not what Jesus is promising. But it's an easy yoke that will help you to slow down, that will help you to find balance, that will help you to rest and have a life filled with joy. Let me read those verses to you one more time. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you bow with me as we pray? God, we just want to thank you for this truth. God, for this promise that you will give us rest. God, we hate this pandemic. But in it, you have slowed down the entire world and you've shown us that the pace of our lives, God, it's, it's literally, it's killing us. And all of us are looking for rest. God, I, I truly believe that it's just, it's hardwired in us the way that you created us. And we know that our normal isn't healthy. And so Jesus, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your invitation Thank you to uh, the invitation to a life in, in partnership with you, in relationship with you, where you do all of the heavy lifting in our lives. And God, we thank you that it's an invitation for all of us. It's not something that we earn. It's not about how good we are. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what's going on in our life or how heavy that burden is, that we can come to you. And so God, would you give us the courage? God, would you give us the, the strength that we need to come to you today? God, that we acknowledge that you are God and, and that we're not. We admit our sin, our shortcomings, our, our selfishness, our, our pride. And God, we ask for your forgiveness. And Jesus, we receive the gift of life, the gift of peace, the gift of rest that you are offering to us today. So God, help us to learn from you. Help us to, to follow your life, to find balance, to find that rest. God, to find joy. Jesus, we thank you. We love you and pray all these things in your name. Amen. Hey, we just want to again say happy Father's Day to all of the dads that are out there. I'm praying for each of you that you can find some time, put some routines into play this week and discover the rest that Jesus is offering to each of us. We look forward to seeing you back here next week right here at gethope.tv. Have a great week. We love you guys.